Good morning. Good morning from San Diego. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Good morning, Pedro. How are you? Doing very well. How about you? How are you doing? Very, very good. Thank you. Pedro is in Miami. I am in San Diego today. <clears throat> Welcome, everybody, to Coffee Time with Marie Tercia CPA. Um, as you can see, my voice is a little bit gone. So I am in San Diego today because I have the honor of joining ADP um, Board of uh, Advisors. And so last night we had a gala and I was talking to so many people, awesome, awesome accountants. And uh, we had such a great time. And uh, so my voice is a little got, gone. But with that, so I really want to welcome everyone. Uh, those of you who are returning to the show, welcome back. Those of you who are new, uh, give us a thumbs up or a, a hands up in the in the chat so we know you are new. Um, always, I encourage you, everybody, please go ahead and subscribe, like the channel or the page that you are watching us on. We are going live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. <clears throat> Today, right now, it's 7 in San Diego, so I had to wake up super early for you guys. Um, and uh, so we go live on uh, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, and Facebook. Uh, I am your host, Marie Terosan, CPA, and uh, um, so CPA. Um, I'm an experienced auditor uh, and a CFO. Um, as a CPA advisor and transformation coach, I use my proprietary and registered methodology, Valuation MT, to help business owners that have reached their first million to go to 10 million and more. I'm also a Grand Cardone licensee, and I coach businesses in sales, marketing, and finance as well. I'm an author of uh, two books. I have um, uh, The Complete Guide to Business Growth, which is a, uh, um, available on Kindle. And I'm also going to be putting the link in the chat because I, I'm able to give you the PDF as well if you want to purchase. Um, I'll, I also have an ebook called uh, A Business Owner's Guide to Operational Accounting. One of the things that I'm working on right now is to create an e-course for Valuation MT. So those of you entrepreneurs that are looking to really learn about how to grow your business using my methodology, you can do that. It'll be available uh, in the next week or so. So with that, I want to reintroduce my featured guest, my friend and tax colleague, Pedro Gonzalez, CBA. Hello. <laughs> Good, morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Pedro Gonzalez, uh, CPA, your business and tax strategist. Uh, we help uh, our clients with uh, their cash flow, improving their cash flow. Cash flow is lifeblood to any business, regardless of size and industry. Minimization, taxation, taxation erodes the wealth of, of your business and personal life. Yes. Exit strategies, because all <laughs> of us, will eventually exit. It just depends on how. So developing good, solid strategies to exit in a way that generates a strong cash flow and number two, uh, at the least taxing and the least taxing way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we have uh, we have Sarin, uh, who's who's always uh, joining us every um, every show, welcome back, Sarin. I, I, I really love having people around. And then if you are coming back to watch us or anytime you're here, please make sure to put, put you know, some notes in the chat if you have questions. And um, so just a quick summary of what we've covered in the past. And, you know, we've talked uh, really, really uh, incredible information we've been giving out 
<clears throat> we've talked about self-employment. We've talked about tax rates, tax due dates. We've talked about tax planning. We actually did a full series on this. Um, we've done uh, partnership agreements, buy-sell agreements. We've talked about entrepreneurial mindset. We've talked about employee tax retention credit, everything you can think of. So please make sure to go back and, and, and look at some of the other episodes if you haven't been with us. Um, last week, we specifically talked about um, uh, some of the mistakes that, you know, can, can really, mistakes in tax that, that, um, that could really cause um, uh, big, big problems. And that's something that um, was really great. Um, Pedro gave us 10 different mistakes. So go back and check that one as well. And then today, <clears throat> we actually wanted to cover a couple of questions that came in. So we are super excited about this. And I'm going to actually read it right from um, the, the, my phone. Um, okay, so uh, this was a question that came to me from a friend of mine. And, and he asked, I have a client, I'm not going to say where, that wants to sell his investment property and pick up another one. Uh, the problem is he's he's only owned this property for 18 months and he wants to know if it's possible to do it as a 1031. Do you think it's possible to do a 1031 exchange on this? So here we go. Our question's coming in and I love it. So we're going to cover your questions. Send them in. So this was the first okay, question. Very good. Very good. Let's go. <laughs> Let's give it let, let, let's give it an, a good stab on this. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Ten thirty one. Well, the short answer is, is uh, yes. I mean, again, keep in mind that with uh, the limited information I'm, I'm giving, you know, the the best understanding that we can provide to this question. But I, I like I like the fact that people are sending questions. Yes. But the short answer is is yes. Now, the, the part of probably why the, the mention of the 18 months mm. uh, I, and uh, one of the concerns, uh, at the, you know, when, when the 1031, uh, when there was, a, there used to be a section 1034 for the residential, uh, when you sell the, the capital gains on uh, sale of principal residence, used to be section 1034, and then it, then it got changed to section 121. Now there was a you know for, for principal residence there's this uh, uh, limitation of the two years and five you know the 24 months in 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 a in a uh, 60 month period, but there's no such thing really for section 1031. What happens is uh, okay again why the 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 18 months because it's probably that people have heard of uh, when somebody start flipping. The properties too frequently, then you might might uh, you might uh, become uh, or consider to be a uh, you are kind of in the business of, of trade of selling properties. You know what I mean? So then, and in that case, the section ten thirty one will not qualify. Meaning that by itself, that event that just happened does not will not preclude that person from doing it. But if mm -hmm. this person goes and you know the 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 if, if this individual is flipping properties on a regular basis, uh, then it will not qualify. Got it. So I guess the short answer, based on just, uh, you know, taking that one event and just simply right, go, right. Just, just the fact that you sold it uh, within the 18 month period by itself will not preclude you from doing it. As long as, again, it is actually an investment property, meaning that this individual, in fact, 
treated the property. And I think that the, the, the it mentions investment property. So if it is an investment property, then right. there should not be any problem. Got it. So the best thing in these cases is like, and it's great that you guys are sending questions and, and we can only answer to a certain degree because we don't right. know all the details. So right. we can only answer to a certain degree. Um, but then, you know, the best thing is to always schedule time to discuss more details specifically to you. But yes, we love having those questions. Send those yeah, questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, uh, you know, the, we have uh, within those limitations, we'll answer them to the best uh, possible. Uh, now, I will still encourage this individual to, you know, talk to the, the tax uh, preparer, whomever is assisting them right. uh, to, you know, to potentially look at any other potential issues that we're not aware of you know what i mean yes that could could uh, actually or might might uh, affect uh, the the transaction yeah yeah absolutely um okay so we had another question and then we can just open up and we can talk whatever else but um so there's another question that came in that i want to um okay. read read it out um <clears throat> so this question was um and i'm just reading directly um that the lady um that she says, I just bought a car under my name for business purposes. Okay. Um, would you recommend some options to get my company to pay for it? That's question number one. There is some advice out there on <laughs> about leasing my car to my company or maybe selling the car to my company. Can you give us some advice? So this is a very, very open ended because this could have so many different situations. Um, you know, uh, one of them being, you know, uh, when you say business and it's a car specifically, um, but for business purpose, a car could, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to end up using it a little bit personal, a little bit business. So it's not really going to be all business. Um, when we're talking about a business vehicle, it could be, I envision it more like it's a truck. It's something that you're actually going to use it for your business only. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, for example, you you are doing delivery, so you're purchasing the this this specific truck or whatever it is to do yeah. delivery, and you, that is all you're doing back and forth. Mm -hmm. Then you can do that. You can definitely have the business pay for the for the truck, and you know you're only doing delivery with that truck. When you're doing a when you have a car, but you you're driving from your regular, let's say your home to your office, from your office to your client, your client, or whatever else you're doing. You're, it's always going to be, uh, you know, somewhat of it. <laughs> it's going to be personal. So, you know, and it has a tax effect too, right? But you're like, the, it's not only just having the payment part, but it's also a tax uh, situation as well. Yep. And uh, that is why, again, uh, you have to evaluate. You know, I know there's a lot of information out there on the internet. You know I mean, and which is good and it's bad because uh, unless you know how to discern it, how to apply it to yourself, people right. can put themselves in trouble. You know, not to say that everything out there is wrong, is that you know you have to read it in the context of how it was written, and right. uh, it addressed to, and then you need to be able to discern that. You know, to extract information from that, but then okay, that applies or how does apply to me? So. You know, with vehicles, uh, the the issue becomes is, as you said, it's not only that do you use it for business because you know most people will say yes, I use it for business. Is how much you know percentage wise? Right. You know, I mean, what is the percentage of use of that vehicle? Now, some industries 
uh, you know, for example, the, like you mentioned, the pickup truck. You own, a, let's say, for example, a pool cleaning business. Right. So you buy yourself a, a pickup truck, either new or used, and you use it to haul your, your cleaning equipment. You probably right. have like a compressor, and you load that into your truck, and then, you know, to go out and cleaning and whatever, you know, so <laughs> right. I'm carrying my chemicals, whatever I need to do to clean the pools. And yes. I use it to go from home to home uh, as I do my, my assignments, and then I drop it back home uh, where I then I unload, and then I have my potentially my second car where I then right. run errands. Now, it is also possible that in that case, that scenario, that the individual may, may stop at, a, I don't know, at a Walmart and pick up something personal, but the mid is so, is so minimal, minuscule, that it's almost like sure. uh, it's not going to make a big impact on is this 100% or not. Now, the problem is when you see that uh, if you fall below 50%, then, you know, it's, it's not, you're not going to find a lot of benefits. Might as well just get, uh, you know, some, some miles out of that. So you want to reach a point where it's 50% or more to be to be into the, for example, Section 179. You want to take bonus appreciation and so on. Right, right, exactly. So that, that's not another thing. It's not only the, the business, <laughs> what percentage are you using? And then even when you're, you're below that 100%, then that means that there's an allocation that has to be made between personal and business. And how you're going to determine that personal business is going to be miles. That's why, regardless if you're going to do business uh, actual expenses or mileage, you should track mm -hmm. your miles. You know, because mileage is, is going to determine then the use of that of that asset. It's going to be based on the total miles you drive, and compare that to you know how many how many miles I drive it for business. And so you're going to be required then to track those miles, which a lot of people don't do. And so, sure. you know, a lot of people are guessing, uh, you know, I, I think in, in an eventuality of an audit, there's no, uh, there's no mileage log. So then how do right. you prove it? Unless you have uh, one or two places that you do on a regular basis, you know, you only go to a warehouse uh, where I pick up and drop off. And this is, that's, that's it. That's all of the, the use of this vehicle is to go to a, a warehouse where I pick up some things and bring it to a smaller uh, warehouse where then I, I retail it, for example. And so yeah. the only thing I do is I go back and forth between those two places. Well, I, you know, I can, you know, I do this uh, three times a, a week, uh, Marie, and it's uh, 20 miles. I got to go to Doral and go to my big warehouse in Doral. And there's so many miles to go over there, pick up my, my stuff and bring it to, I don't know, Miami. Yeah. Or whatever, for Lauderdale. So I drive to Doral. And then so I can tell you, Marie, that I do that three times a week. It is X number of miles, 60 miles, I don't know, whatever. So 60 miles, 100, 180 miles a week, multiply that by so many weeks a year. And based on that, I can tell you that, that that's my annual mileage. Outside of that, uh, you will have a hard time uh, proving uh, in, in, in its totality, you know what I mean, the, 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 the business percentage. Right. We require and then another thing you brought up earlier, because we were kind of, um, as we were discussing it, is the fact that, you know, when it's the, let's say, the executive of a business, for example, and the car is being used by the executive, <clears throat> uh, anything personal is is going to become more of a, uh, you know, a benefit to them. You know, it's an right. income to them in a way. So so that can create a, a kind of a, an, an additional problem, uh, you know, for the person 
right. and a reporting problem more than anything. Now you have yeah. to report income for, for using the car. Correct. Which, uh, again, I, I doubt that a lot of people are either aware or doing it. You know what I mean? Because, again, you hear a lot about the deduction part. Because, you know, sure. that's what we're looking for. You know what I mean? How can I deduct this? But uh, if, if it's below the, the 100% use, and especially if it's a car that is going to be considered a corporate car. Right. That, that car, in essence, I, I'm, I'm, I'm deriving a benefit from that. I'm deriving a benefit by, by in essence, the company now is making it available to me as the executive of, of that executive employee shareholder of this corporation. So now I'm having use of that asset, but I'm also using it for personal. Mm-hmm. Well, that personal side is, is compensation. Now we talk about the 50%. So if you're a corporate asset, 50% business, 50% personal, uh, you have to analyze and what that, that could flip your compensation and see if there's any here because, you know, I will have to get on this it. Right. But would it make sense for me that case? You got to take a case by things that you read on Google and say, oh, this, yes. Usually, mm-hmm. company is a company asset. But then, if I'm using it for personal and the company is part of my compensation. So as long as I do that, then I'm okay. But then you got to figure out is, does it make sense? Because now I have to pick up uh, compensation in addition to my normal, I guess, uh, it will have to be added to the base of my compensation. You know, I mean, not not only my kind of my uh, uh, standard salary, but on top of that, it has some other benefit, and one of them being uh, the the car uh, allowance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, in other situations, I know <clears throat> a prior uh, client um, uh, had this question to me at some point where, you know, they, you know, they're in the medical field and they want, they asked me, you know, can I just buy, buy a, um, <laughs> a boat for myself mm-hmm. and just put it for under the company? I'm like, so what's the business purpose for it? What are you going to do with it? I mean, you can buy it. You can buy it for, yeah. but what are you going to do with it for business purposes? Like, you know, I'm like, are you going to take, you know, patients out? Are you going to do retreats? Are you going to do something? Like, what's the business purpose what for is, it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think people get so, like, um, excited with all this information they get. But yeah. then yeah. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, you always have to prove what is the business purpose of what you're doing with it. Uh, same with, you, you know. For example, um, you know, uh, some of the, the, the bigger business owners, when they have to travel so much, they end up, you know, buying a, a plane. Why do they buy the plane? They're not buying the plane for their personal vacations. They're buying the plane to do business because while they're on the plane, they're still working. So it's all about the business purpose. You know, exactly. it has to be the business purpose behind it. Um, and uh, the tax deductions and all that, it's still going to have to be tracked. Everything is tracked for business purpose. No, that's a good example uh, that you brought up, uh, the airplane, for example. And yeah, you know, people, you know, people look around and see these uh, people, you know, flashing their 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 airplanes and all of that, your private jet <laughs> and all of that. And but you have to, how do I, in essence, how do I make this to be deductible? You know what I mean? Yeah. So as long as you document that, it, most likely a lot of people have their private jet. It's not it's not just to flash it on Facebook and Instagram. It's a uh, uh, there is a, a, a benefit efficiency 
Yeah, I mean, instead right. of waiting in line and going through, you know, it's just a deficiency of business because I need to go to point A to point B. And so I'm in Miami. I got to be in Los Angeles. I can hop right. on the private on my private jet and end up in, in, in uh, Los Angeles, get my meetings done, and then hop back on my plane and hold back to Miami so I can have dinner with my family. Right, and, uh, exactly. At the end of the day, so uh, that is, uh, you know, you can you can put there what I'm using. I'm using it for specific meetings. I'm not going, you know, I'm using it to go skiing and and uh, unless again I, I can make it into a business trip. Yeah, you know I mean, right. yeah, I'm going right. to bail, but I'm, I'm taking yes. with me X Y C individuals where we're going to discuss business. We're going to see right. you know, collaboration. You know, that that's a reason why we're going this time <laughs> to bail. Uh, so you have to find ways of how to uh, legally how to make this into a business transaction. Right. And then to give a, a different perspective of like how you can actually purchase an asset like that to do business with it. Like, for example, if you're purchasing a car to do Uber driving, mm -hmm. The majority of it is going to be used for doing business, right? So it, you know, you're probably going to be 90% literally doing business with it. So you might want to purchase it under, let's say, a business name, you know, an LLC or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's still going to have some 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 personal usage. Um, just always think about that. Just don't worry about all these different thoughts and ideas put out there. It's always gonna, you're just always going to have to prove the business purpose of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, there are so many different ways of doing that. Let's say another one could be another example is um, just thinking through. Let's say you, you buy a boat, you want to charter a boat up. You put it under the business and, you know, <laughs> you charter a boat up. If, or, or the same thing. You purchase a plane, you, you're a pilot, you purchase your own plane and you just want to, you know, take people here and there. That's, you know, private jet. You can do that. You want to fly, fly for yourself, you're going to have to pay yourself back maybe. You know, you charge yourself for your personal uh, time of use. And instead of, you know, um, having income uh, reported, you can just pay it back kind of, you know, as if you used it from the business. So you become the customer of your business. There's different ways of doing it just to make sure yeah. you track it right. Yeah, exactly. Just to make sure to track uh, the, the use of that asset, yeah. this uh, yeah. vehicle, a plane, a boat, or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I personally would not. Uh, I, I think in the in the message uh, that you read uh, mentions about leasing, leasing the car back to. Yeah, the, that's I, I personally would not. Uh, I, I have seen some of that. But, you know, to me, it defeats the purpose because, you know, you have to recognize income. <laughs> and then there's a deduction on the other. So it washes. So <laughs> yes. where's really where's really the benefit here? You see what I'm saying? I've seen that, and, and so I, I don't think the people are thinking through it. Uh, the, you know, like I have seen it also done with uh, where people are saying, you know, instead of the home office deduction, uh, leasing the or renting the the space to your business. But again, you have to recognize rental income, and then the the expense it, it washes. It, it, it doesn't make. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. No, it, it creates more work too. I mean, for the person tracking, you have to track all of this. You're going to have to create what invoices to yourself. And then, you know, it's yeah, just, yeah. It, it doesn't make sense to do all of that. No, no, no. <clears throat> uh, you, you, there's other ways to do it. You know, you can, you can uh, deduct it uh, through your 
company, you know, but and again, like, a, like we were discussing is, a, is making sure you documented the business purpose of this vehicle. Right. And make sure that, that you have good uh, record keeping of that. And based on that, that usage, then you get a, a derive a benefit, a benefit from that. Uh, otherwise, what you can do is simply track the miles, uh, mm -hmm. do some kind of reimbursement based on the usage of your car, where you submit, right. uh, in essence, on a monthly basis, you submit your, your expense report. And within that, I include uh, all of my expenses uh, uh, as a percentage of my use and then ask the corporation, in essence, to reimburse me for those expenses. And then keep it keep it clean, keep it documented. Keep it clean. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think there's just a lot of uh, creative uh, <laughs> writers out there that are, you know, you know, just putting information out there and, and there's just a lot easier and simpler way to keep things clean and auditable. You want to stay right. focused on that. You want to make sure that whatever you're doing is definitely audit ready. And this is something we've talked about before. Uh -huh. All your record keeping, everything has to be done clean and audit ready because if it anything, anytime they come after you, they don't want this complicated stuff the irs is attracted to dirt uh and what <laughs> i mean by that is when it's messy you know what i mean uh they they are attracted to that so you want to keep it as clean as possible don't muddy the waters don't make don't make it uh you know what i mean there uh that's the last thing you want is to make it too, too messy to to uh no yeah, keep it clean uh, for the miles of because I've been asked about that is uh, how to track it in mm -hmm. today's technology is, is we are blessed in a way that we, there's apps all over. Yes. I mean, I, the one that I like is uh, Mile IQ. Yeah. Yeah. It's very easy uh, to use. It's mm -hmm. very easy to use. Provides up to me uh, clean reports on that. Again, it is very simple because then at the end of the year, I can generate a report, you know, or I can send it to Marie. Here's uh, my. my yes. Use I mean, it's done. Uh, and uh, I think uh, QuickBooks also has a... a QuickBooks Self-Employed. Okay. QuickBooks Self-Employed does have that. It does track it. Yeah, and cool. uh, and then if you if someone's using QuickBooks online and you can just literally record it, let's say if you're doing it, you can manually record it. I don't think it does the uh, auto, but for the self-employed version, it does track it automatically. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my life here. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, just ask. I mean, I, I know there's uh, the same with the receipts, for example. Yes. Like for uh, you, you're incurring uh, going back to the use of your car, and you're incurring expenses on that car to, for business. Uh, you know, receipts. Uh, you know that nowadays there's apps out there that, that you you scan the the, the receipts. Yes. And just send it in. Done. I mean, uh, and you can link a lot of them can be linked uh, to your QuickBooks. I even uh, QuickBooks also has their own. Uh, yes. Uh, receipt scanning, uh, you know, that it takes it directly into your QuickBooks. So it simplifies your life, keeps it clean and mm -hmm. uh, you have your documentation. Uh, right. Yeah. Away. And you don't have to uh, keep a, a box, a shoe box. No. No, please. <laughs> Well, no, no need for that anymore. You know, the thing is, really is that, that we ought to be using <laughs> the technology, the tools that we have available on our hands. Uh, so for the small business owner, simple apps like that, my IQ is some sort of uh, expense uh, uh, receipt uh, scanning. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, that's you with that. You, you will, you, you will not realize the amount of time and paper that you save. 
because yeah. after you're scanning those, it automatically goes into QuickBooks Online, and now your accountant can can organize that and attach it to the specific place where it needs to be attached and, and, and done. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So this was this was great. Um, we are actually very close to the 30 minute mark. And I don't know any last thoughts, Pedro, I think we've covered quite a lot with these two questions. Yeah, uh, I had a how much time we have left? Well, I'll, I'll be brief yes, uh, on this one. Uh, yeah, a few seconds in here. Well, a situation that that occurred that somebody came to me with uh, this uh, scenario that that I thought maybe to share and that has to do with the contributions after you have taken it out of your IRA, you know, the 60 day window. So let's say, for example, you 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 have an IRA, traditional IRA, you you took, uh, let's say 10,000. So you took 10,000 out, you have 60 days to put it back to prevent uh, the, the penalties. Mm -hmm. Well, once the 60 day passes, uh, and you go and let's say you didn't put the money back until day number 61. Okay, so you're late. Now, what happens is that now that contribution is considered excess contribution because Ooh. it exceeds the, the the limit. So something to keep in mind when you are uh, looking into, you know, you took money out of your traditional IRA and you are very close to the point of uh, getting to that 60 day, you have to evaluate, you know, uh, to ensure that if, if you're very close, that it, it's going to be within the, the 60 day and not after, because once it crosses that, you may, it, it's done. You cannot reverse it in, and at that point, uh, those dollars are gonna be considered excess excess uh, contribution, which you also get a penalty for that. You get a penalty for taking it out and a penalty for, for excess contribution. So anyway, something <laughs> that I to share. Yeah, uh, yeah. To keep very, working. very good, very good. Thank you so much. That's a very good point. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so with that, I mean, guys, it's 30, there are already 30 minutes, you know, and we, we really want to be cognizant of, uh, you know, our audience's time, you know, everybody's busy. Um, I, I'm very happy that you guys send us some questions. We are always yes. ready to answer more questions. Feel free to send us via email or, you know, <clears throat> at Marie at MarieTorresionCPA.com. Um, you can send me the questions and, and I can, uh, we can answer them together here yeah. at the next episodes. Um, and of course, we, we, I always leave you guys with um, a quote uh, from motivational speaker, Jim Ron. you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I hope we are the two of the five people you are spending your time with uh, to learn a, uh, and grow your business. So with that, I wish you a wonderful rest of your week. And until next week, have a great one. Okay, take care. <laughs> Bye.